Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. The most intriguing talk in talk radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with John Caffiaro. Of course, you know him from Osaka Pop Star and is absolutely terrific. His latest is Ear Candy. It's out now. It's a must-get. And for everyone, I don't care if you're into punk, pop, whatever, uh, it's a must-get for you. And he's he's one of those guys that you tie him uh, to the Ramones. You could tie him to uh, Misfits, but he's part of a very rich legacy. And what he's done with his career is absolutely terrific. Without further ado, John, how are you? Hey, it's great to be back with you, Frank. Thanks so much for that incredible intro. I'm, I'm uh, flattered and honored. Let's uh, get a little about Ear Candy. And uh, if you can, uh, start from the beginning of this. Uh, how long in the making has this album been? Did it start out as just recording some singles and then you kind of grouped them together? What did it start out as an album concept? Yeah, um, that's actually a fairly accurate assessment. Uh, it really started with, uh, conceptually, I was thinking about a couple of different singles. Um, the first one being Lost and Found, which is an original track that's the single off of Ear Candy. And we've also got a new animated video for Lost and Found that launched online uh, day before yesterday that stars uh, Fred Armisen and the band Osaka Pop Star, myself and the band members, Dean Rispler on uh, guitar and bass, and John Worcester on drums. And um, I had in mind uh, All of Your Toys, which is a fairly obscure Monkees track for something to do a punk cover of as a B-side or a pairing with Lost and Found. And then uh, another aspect and component of the Ear Candy record is that it includes a download card in all physical versions, both the vinyl version and the CD, that features a download of a 32-page original comic book of a new character and a new property called Sweetie Candy Vigilante. And uh, for the Sweetie comic book, basically Sweetie, the character, is legitimately a candy vigilante. She is this uh, mythological descendant of the candy man. And uh, her family are candy makers for many years. And she's got all these proprietary secrets. And she basically creates these confectionery weapons that are lethal to bad people, but delicious to good people. And there's a scene in that Sweetie Candy Vigilante issue number one that comes with the Osaka Pop Star Ear Candy record, where she annihilates, I mean, completely eviscerates violently a bunch of bad guys while listening to Osaka Pop Star's cover of Sugar Sugar on a jukebox. So I uh, was recording Sugar Sugar with that in mind. And then the next logical step from Sugar Sugar was, wow, what would be a great pairing for that? I Think I Love You by the Partridge Family. Wow. Yeah. And both of, those, both of those tracks, Sugar Sugar by the Archies and uh, I Think I Love You by the Partridge Family, not only incredible pop classics, but also some of the earliest musical memories that I have from very early childhood. Absolutely terrific. Uh, while you mentioned uh, childhood, we'll get back to the album in a second. If you don't mind, give us a little bit of your history and start from the beginning. Where were you born? Where were you raised? Uh, I was born and raised in New Jersey. And then I moved to New York in my early 20s and um, always have just had ties on the East Coast. It's always just been home to me. The New York, New Jersey area has always just been the best place as far as I'm concerned. And I've always been a fan of punk rock all my life. The Ramones were my favorite band from a very early age. 
I discovered them. The first album of theirs that I discovered was Road to Ruin, and there was no turning back from there. Later on in high school, became introduced to the Misfits uh, just in terms of their music. I didn't know them personally yet. And that really has remained the two musical staples in my musical history, not only in terms of what I love, but have also just become very big parts of my life. Um, I literally had the, the pleasure of meeting the Ramones for the first time when I was a teenager just stumbled upon them in New York City while they were shooting the um, Something to Believe in video. I uh, literally saw somebody standing in the street holding up a sign that said Ramones, and I ran up to them and said, what's going on with the Ramones? Because I was a rabid Ramones fan, still do love the Ramones equally. And they said, you look like one of them. They're shooting a music video over at the library. You should go over there. They'll probably use you. And that was the first time that I met the Ramones. And... Um, had garage punk bands in the New Jersey area as a kid that um, developed into, you know, later on in life, me forming and creating Osaka Popstar. And, uh, you know, that's a truncated version. I could go on and on, but... Listen, listen, it's a good one, and, you know, it's a pure one. It's it's something out of love and out of uh, passion that develops into a great career for you. And if you're just joining us... Or if you're just turning on your radio a little late, Frank McKay here with John Caffiero, and he's the lead singer, of course, of Osaka Pop Star. Their latest is Ear Candy. It is a must-get. It is out. It is upon us. And there's punk versions of Sugar Sugar, I Think I Love You, uh, from the Partridge Family, and All Your Toys from the Monkees, which, by the way, is obscure. You know, the others, other two, obviously, very big hits, but All Your Toys are a very cool choice. Uh, by John, a very creative guy, a must-get, everyone. Uh, Frank McKeel, uh, once again, with John. John, let me uh, just ask you about your first band or your first uh, your first venture into uh, into music yourself. Uh, you mentioned uh, the Ramones and the love for the Ramones. Uh, when did that kind of turn into or kind of uh, morph into you doing your own project? Probably, uh, well, you know, I can say this. Even before I discovered the Ramones, when I was about eight or nine years old, I used to hang out with uh, kids that were like five or six years older than me. So I was always hanging out with a bit of an older crowd. And before I even discovered the Ramones, I went through you know the greatest you know rock bands that you could think of. I mean, Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, those were all uh, you know Kiss. Those were like my earliest rock bands that I got into at a very young age. And literally, um, I don't have them, but I'd love to get them sometime. There are tapes of me literally at about eight or nine years old jamming with a bunch of like 16 and 17 year olds doing like Led Zeppelin songs. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was probably the first time that I'd ever um, really done anything or jammed. And then, as I think as a preteen, really, then, you know, local kids in the neighborhood and I, you know, got together and jammed and uh, started just, you know, covering songs and, uh, you know, doing some stuff. And then by the time I was in high school, I had my own garage punk bands and actually even won like a high school battle of the bands doing um, good, good things by the Descendants which very few people in the area even knew who the Descendants were. So as a kid, a lot of people in the area thought that was my song, even though it was a Descendants song and I was outward about it. 
Um, and ironically for that battle of the bands, originally we were going to do Sweet Leaf by Black Sabbath, but the school wouldn't allow it. <laughs> I'm surprised they understood what it was. The uh, the school. What what Black Sabbath was? No, well, I mean what what Sweet Leaf was. Leaf was. I guess. Well, there was a pretty hip music teacher. Um, there was a pretty hip music teacher, which you know, even a kind of an interesting story. When I was in high school, I'm also a former animator and an illustrator. And when I was in high school and I was in graphic arts class, you know, a New Jersey staple that I'll talk about that you'll probably be familiar with, and New York as well, of course, Long Island in particular. The Good Rats. Yeah. I loved The Good Rats as a kid. Uh, that was another band that was kind of like just on the cusp of me discovering the Ramones that I loved. And The Good Rats were a phenomenal band. I mean, some of the most incredible musicians. And Pepe Marcello was just an amazing singer and songwriter. And um, I, in my graphic arts school uh, class in high school, very early on, I think it was maybe my freshman year, I uh, illustrated the Tasty album cover. And, um, wow. yeah, and, I mean, I didn't draw the original no, illustration no. for the Good Rats. I reproduced it. Yeah. So I, I loved that album cover. I still do. And I drew, I redrew as a, a high school art project, the Good Rats Tasty album cover. And uh, it turned out really well. And it was actually displayed in the school as part of, like, a student art thing. And then uh, the music teacher who would later prevent us from uh, doing Sweet Leaf by Black Sabbath, the music teacher was a very hip guy with really good taste in music, saw this hanging up, and then asked my graphic arts teacher, I want to meet whoever that is, whoever that student is that drew that. You know, I'd really like to meet him because it's very unusual for anybody at this age and this time period to even know who the Good Rats are. But meanwhile, I had no idea what was going on, so I was just told, you know, you have to go see this person, and I thought I was in trouble for something. And I went to speak to the music teacher, and he literally just wanted to meet me because he was so impressed that I was a Good Rats fan. And the funny thing is, is years later, because I had every Good Rats record, including like some rare first pressings, that that same music teacher would even ask me probably by my senior year to borrow some of my records for one of his personal parties. Wow. When you said tasty, my first reaction was, uh, you know, it's a sophisticated Album. I mean, the song itself, the playing is great, and uh, John Gatto and uh, yeah. you know, plays a beautiful uh, solo, just beautiful guitar on there. The the whole situation uh, that you've just described there is part of the life of so many different people, and it just wasn't appreciated at the time. You know, you didn't think you'd go back and say, "Wow, this is this is us. This is what what we do." But let me just remind folks, if you're just joining us once again, you're hearing the voice of John Caffiero is the lead vocalist and founder of Osaka Pop Star, and they're a must for anything they do, but certainly Ear Candy is a must, and it's been out for a few days now, so get on it. It's fresh, uh, and it features uh, a comic book, which I want to get more into, but uh, also Sugar Sugar from the Archies, but a punk version, and I Think I Love You from the Partridge Family, and of course, John is here with us, but get this album, Ear Candy, uh, a must-get. I also should mention, because it's such an obscure uh, song, All Your Toys by the Monkees. I mean, just absolutely uh, terrific. The comic book is something that absolutely fascinates me. But before we get into that, John, just a little more, the idea that you were doing this and the fact that there's a music teacher who appreciated that you're doing it or recognized that you're doing it uh, probably gave you a little bit of a, a leg up uh, going into it. Was that an encouraging moment 
to you? Was it a uh, just a bizarre moment, or were you kind of like that wise ass kid, just saying, uh, saying, ah, teacher, you know, wants to see me or whatever? But uh, to me, that would be an uplifting uh, moment. It was absolutely. I mean, um, I was kind of a wise ass kid, but but I appreciated good things and I appreciated um, good people, and um, I didn't look at that as any kind of wise ass moment other than literally when I to- was told I had to go see somebody, I figured for sure I was in trouble for something, but I was, but I was, and I had no idea what it could have been. Um, but no, I did, I did see it as a special moment. I always remembered that. In fact, the funny thing is, is that years later I would get to tell Pepe Marcello that story because, uh, around the time when I recorded the very first Osaka pop star album, um, I started going back and rediscovering the Good Rats again, and I actually reached out to Pepe and told him who I was and the things that I'd done, and I told him that story and that I had just been uh, reacquiring all their their music on CD and that I had all the records as a kid, and he was really a, a great guy, and he was super nice, and I could tell he was very flattered that somebody in the business that grew up on their stuff, because, I mean, literally, I was probably about seven or eight years old, maybe eight or nine, eight or nine at the most when I was listening to the good rats and it's pretty sophisticated music for a kid, but it was just incredible stuff. So what's not to like, um, I remember going for guitar. I was trying to take guitar lessons when the day that, um, and birth comes to us all came out. I remember carrying it with me to a guitar lesson, uh, and being thrilled. And that was another amazing album. So, um, yeah, it was great to get to talk to Pepe. And then years later after that, because among many things that I do, I wear a lot of different hats and I'm involved in, in different aspects of the business, both creatively and on a business level, I manage the estate of Didi Ramon. And I've been working with this company called Worn Free, who issues replicas of T-shirts famously worn by rock stars. And in my work in Didi's estate and with the Ramones, I would acquire a lot of libraries of photos and rare photos and have them scanned and preserve all this stuff for historical purposes and even for use in projects. I edited uh, Johnny Ramone's autobiography and I went through thousands of photos. And in doing so, I actually found photos when the Ramones traveled to L.A. for their very first L.A. tour. Dee Dee Ramone was wearing a Good Rats t-shirt. And so I decided, you know, it's been years since I've seen a Good Rats t-shirt. I always love the Good Rats logo and artwork. And I pitched Worn Free on replicating that shirt. And with Pepe's help, um, got it all underway. He didn't even have the artwork anymore. And then literally I had found somebody who had one of the original t-shirts that just like the one that Dee Dee wore, we scanned it. And then sadly, um, you know, Pepe passed away before it came out, but he had set everything in motion with me and um, signed the deal. And thankfully, that all that came to fruition. And I know he was really happy about that because that turned on even more people in the contemporary setting to the Good Rats that I don't think would have been otherwise. And uh, I remember even Dean Rispler, who uh, plays guitar in Osaka Pop Star, at the time when I told him I was doing it, I was really happy to find out Dean was a Good Rats fan, and I got him one of the T-shirts. But, yeah, you could still get that if you go to warnfree.com and you want a cool Good Rats T-shirt because they're pretty hard to find. You could get an original Good Rats replica T-shirt as worn by Dee Dee Ramone with Pepe Marcello's seal of approval um, when he was still with us. John Caffiero is our very special guest, uh, vocalist, founder 
of Osaka pop star. What a wonderful career he's had in so many different aspects, but uh, a, a big pop culture fan as I am. And in the small world category, Frank McKay here with John, we probably met a couple of times. Uh, we didn't realize it. Sure. I, I managed uh, C.J. Ramon and Los Cusanos after, uh, Great. you know, and C.J., of course, came when uh, Didi retired and didn't want to tour anymore and, and whatever, and C.J. was there. We may have met at Arturo Vega's loft, you know, across from CBGB's. Possibly. Yeah, we probably did. That was a that was a hot spot. It was a it was a fun place, and there was a great vibe there. Yeah, and I I think uh, you know along with the Misfits, maybe I met you uh, the last show. I, I remember everyone went over to Arturo's, and uh, you and I may have met there, or maybe it was, it was another time. I didn't know Arturo well. I you know CJ was my friend, and of course he's a replacement member, but it's just a you know great guy and everything. Sure, but. Wow, the work you did with both, well, well all, all the Ramones, but with Dee Dee's uh, estate and all, I mean, that's just absolutely fascinating. Your pop culture credentials are like no others uh, out there, right? I mean, you got the, on this latest, which again, for, for those joining us late, uh, Ear Candy is his latest, and Osaka Pop Star uh, cover the Archies, the Monkeys, the Partridge Family, and there's a comic book. In the release, if you, when you get it, I mean, it's just absolutely uh, great. They touch all bases, and anyone who's into pop culture, into punk, and wants, uh, you know, somebody who's got the real legacy attached to him, it's John, that's for sure. Um, Frank McKay here once again with John. John, uh, quickly, before we take a quick break, the comic book. Give us, a, you know, there are a lot of comic book fans out there who love anything that would attach to this, and it's such a creative uh, flow to it and the, the candy aspect just give us a little more on the comic book and you know give us a little more background on that sure absolutely um well it's called sweetie candy vigilante and the main character is named sweetie and you'll see sweetie on the cover of the ear candy record basically you'll see this uh beautiful girl holding uh what looks like a record made of candy that has a bite taken out of it and that is Sweetie. And in fact, I will also say if you buy the vinyl version of the Ear Candy record, the vinyl literally looks exactly like that candy record with the bite taken out of it that you see on the cover. It was a special process done where it's a magenta and white swirled vinyl that literally looks like it's a giant piece of candy. And we even worked into it the bite that Sweetie had taken out of the record. It drops out to clear vinyl where the bite is. So when you hold it in your hand, it literally looks like a candy record with a bite taken out of it. So you see sweetie on the cover of the record and then on the inside you get a download card for either the vinyl or the cd that has this 32 page comic it's a variant version a variant edition of the first issue of sweetie candy vigilante which you cannot get anywhere else the comic will actually go wide on a bi-monthly basis to comic book shops uh starting later this fall we're literally about to ink a deal. Can't say anything about uh, the company yet, but we're about to ink a deal with one of the largest indies who I think is a perfect fit for this comic. I'm very happy about it and very excited about it. And uh, it's a really unique and original comic. Uh, it was written and created by Suzanne Caffiero, and I produced the book. And um, basically the main character, Sweetie, is this ethereal, beautiful, charming, and well-meaning, but totally unhinged 
blood relative of the mythological Candyman. Basically, you know, the guy that takes the sunrise and sprinkles it with dew. So um, she's totally distraught by the the decay of her community, and she's just uh, hell bent on. this uh, enacting this like violent blood caked sugar coated manifesto on society and utilizes her world otherworldly powers and her family proprietary secrets in this quest to make the world a quote unquote sweeter place but she's totally men- mentally unhinged so everything is to the extreme and this all takes place in New York City and she has a candy vigilante sweet shop factory that's located in the industrial outskirts of Brooklyn and that's her headquarters, and she basically fights the bad eggs of organized crime with this violent fury and a loyal team of eccentric supernatural allies that share her passion and all want to make New York less quote-unquote salty. And uh, she has this magical arsenal of handcrafted confectionery weapons that, as I mentioned, are absolutely lethal to those who are quote-unquote naughty from her point of view, and they're deliriously scrumptious and in some cases actually life-changing for the people that she calls good eggs. And um, basically she's the stranger that your mom warned you not to take candy from. (laughs) She seems nice, so nice that it's psychotically nice. And it's it's a dark humor-infused horror fantasy uh, I think people are really going to enjoy it, and um, it's, uh, like I said, you get your first taste of Sweetie Candy Vigilante in the Ear Candy record, be it the CD or the vinyl. You get a free download of the 32-page variant version of issue number one, and um, it's, like I said, coming out bi-monthly to comic book shops later this fall, and uh, there's already six issues ready to print, and issue number seven is being written right now. And you can also see Candy Vigil- uh, Sweetie Candy Vigilante make a cameo in the music video for the single from Ear Candy, which is called Lost and Found. There's an original track called Lost and Found that's the first single from the record. And we did an animated music video for it. The animated music video stars the actor, comedian, and musician Fred Armisen, who you may know from Portlandia, Saturday Night Live, Documentary Now, and um, Fred basically stars in the video as this uh, guy looking for uh, an unattainable love. And you know, he's walking through the city and uh, just seeing a, a bunch of faceless people and uh, things are dreary. But the one constant dynamic that he keeps seeing is this ad campaign for his favorite red licorice. And he falls for the girl that he sees in the campaign and then one day he actually stumbles on seeing her in the window of a supermarket working the, uh, the, the checkout counter and then tries to win her over in his own uh, unique and uh, goofy, funny way. And throughout the whole storyline, Osaka Popstar appears in animated form, providing the soundtrack to the video. There are homages to Saturday morning breakfast cereals, to the Archies to the uh, Partridge family and even the monkeys because I wanted the music video, which I actually wrote, produced, and directed, to encapsulate not only the emotion and the basic core of the song, but the whole world of Osaka Popstar and in particular the world of this record, Ear Candy. And and I'm really happy to say that we accomplished that. And um, believe it or not, to my pleasant surprise, CNN actually uh, reported on the animated music video yesterday which uh, was a big, yeah, that was a really big honor for us. 
And um, the video just turned out amazing. If anybody wants to see it, it's on YouTube. You could just go to OsakaPopStar.com, and you'll immediately see a, a link to view the video. And literally, the Osaka Pop Star transforms into the Archies at one point. Uh, there are homages with the Osaka Pop Star Devil Dogs uh, emulating the opening of the Partridge Family. There's a nod to the monkeys in the end. And um, Sweetie makes a cameo in the video. You'll actually see her um, in, in action moving a little bit in this animated video. So I hope people enjoy it and we'll check it out. John, uh, we need a part two. I, I know that right now we need to book a part two and get uh, to more of uh, your history. To those that missed it, please listen back on the podcast. But John Caffiero, uh, one of the most creative guys that you'll ever come across, is, uh, just his love of pop culture uh, equals yours, I'm sure, if not surpasses it. Uh, if, thank you, Frank. Uh, yeah, well, thank you. Osaka pop star, their latest uh, is Ear Candy, and it is a must-get for every reason you just heard here. And John Caffiero, of course, is the uh, the lead singer and founder of Osaka Pop Star. Get the album, get everything. John, uh, you mentioned Osaka Pop Star. Uh, real quick, uh, osakapopstar.com. Is that the best site for everyone to go to, or do you have a quick social media site where people could uh, follow along with what you're doing? Sure, yeah. Uh, OsakaPopStar.com is kind of the hub for everything, but um, you could also follow Osaka Popstar on uh, Twitter, on Instagram, or on Facebook, at Osaka Popstar. And if you'd like to check out me personally, uh, sometimes I put things up that are relative to a lot of the different things that I do with a lot of the different um, bands and properties and entities that I have the great honor to work with because, again, literally everything I do is just a reflection of the things that I love. I've been really fortunate to be able to work with the people that I grew up uh, admiring and that inspired me in many different ways. And um, if you want to catch up with me, you could go to at John Caffiero. It's J-O-H-N-C-A-F as in Frank, I-E-R-O, at Twitter, at Instagram. And um, I hope you guys will check out my work, and I hope that you enjoy it. John Caffiero, uh, congrats on all your success and certainly Ear Candy, your latest must-get, everyone. Uh, John, thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me, Frank. It was great to speak with you, and uh, I'd love to come back anytime. Keep up the great work. John Caffiero, everyone, has been our very special guest. Uh, and you know his band, Osaka Pop Star. Go to osakapopstar.com. as a great starting point. Uh, buy Ear Candy. It's out. And it is a must-get. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. You've been listening to Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. The most intriguing talk in talk radio. Talk radio.